Watched, and then you look over and someone does the quick head move. I don't know if that ever happens to anybody else but me. But I feel like that happens quite a bit. The people are looking at you? I think I sometimes, like side eyes. You know, I'm like, oh, and I'll look over and they'll do the quick, like, is that a heat duck or something? That ever happened at the day job? People are like, who's that guy? And then, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm not normally this guy. Never am I this guy. But every once in a while, they'll be like older women. And they'll be like, why do you look so familiar? And I'll be like, you must watch a lot of pornography. No, I don't say that. I, uh, I'll be like, no, I don't know. I'm, I'll be like, you must dine here a lot. No, 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 no. I've seen you. Do you like sports or something? But it's always like women in their 60s that watch the news. Because I've been on Fox 4 a few times. I'm like, well, I have done this before. And like, that's it. That's it. You're that guy that ate that hot wing. Yes. Yes, I am. And told that poor innocent lady that it wasn't that hot that you could suck a finger. On live TV. And they still called me back. I thought that was it. Because when I came up here later that day to do a show, they are like, why would you say something like that? And they realized who it was. Uh, speaking of somebody that's saying something, this was Pat McAfee today about a fellow foe. Uh, that is knocking quite heavily on the door of, well, challenging. Ladies and gentlemen, just a couple years back, there was a team that represented Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. and went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Aaron Donald being an absolute monster and some other things happening, they might win that Super Bowl game. But now, staring down the start of a season, everybody was laughing in their face about how bad they were. Mm-hmm. And another injury to Joseph Burrow in the uh, calf this time, so kind of limited how much he can move. They thought maybe this is the year the Cincinnati Bengals would fall off a cliff and they go back to being the Bungles. That is not the case. They went into Santa Clara and played against the San Francisco 49ers, and the Joe Burrow-led Bengals are all the way back. Here's three plays of Joey Burrow running his ass off that make you go, wait a second, is this Joe Burrow better than he's ever been? Here's in the first drive, third and ten. Defensive line for San Francisco 49ers are incredible. Hufanga's flying in there. Watch Joe Burrow do, make a massive play, get a first down. How about this? QB draw. Whoa. QB ah. draw huh. on a third and nine. First down for Joe Burrow. And here's another one. Second and nine. Don't hey. see anything. You see a breakdown. Let me go ahead and run. Scoot, 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 scoot. Take a shot. Move. Joe Burrow is back. The Moxie's yeah. around. He wore the alien head into the stadium mm-hmm. whenever he showed up. And there's for a reason. Because back in uh, the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. This is what Joey Burrow looked like when he was walking across a highway. You think there was any scoot, scoot, second and nine, third and ten, third and nine calls happening then? No way. All Joey kept telling us was it's getting better. It's getting better. And all of us thought, how is that even possible in the middle of a season for an injury, especially your calf, to get better? He was telling the truth. They look great. You think Joe Burrow's back? You think Cincinnati's back in the discussion of they're the next one? Or is it still Miami? I mean, until proven otherwise, I think it's the Bengals. Okay. I, I just, A, don't believe that much in the Dolphins mm-hmm. yet in Tua. 
And I also I I kind of do kind of think Joe Burr is kind of that guy. Yeah. He's uh last three games, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, 317, 185, 283 yards passing. They had a buy in between that, sandwiched in between those games. Um Cincinnati is four and three. And the matchup that we start off with this week is they play the Bills. You root for the Bills or do you root for the Bengals? If the Bills win, right? If the Bills win, Cincinnati goes to four and four. They keep continuing to separate further and further away from what is, you know, battling for the one seed. If the Bills win, right? They go to six and three, which makes that Dolphins game that much bigger. If Cincinnati wins, they're five and three. The Bills are five and four. The Bills are separate. You win against Miami. You've then gained that much more. And you have Cincinnati playing catch up the whole way. And then maybe that New Year's Eve game is a little bit more intense than we thought in week 17. But do you want Buffalo or do you want Cincinnati this week? Dusty, do you think that there's any chance mm-hmm. that Cincinnati does not make the playoffs this year? I think the only way there's a chance they don't make the playoffs this year is if Burrow gets like re-aggravated that calf injury or gets he, he misses. Injured. Right. Then I'm, I'm I think I'm probably rooting for the Bengals to win. Okay. Because then it creates separation potentially for the one seed. But if we think there's a chance that the Bengals don't make the playoffs, right? I don't want to see them in a potential playoff game in any capacity, really. Year three. Yeah, I mean, if that means battle. if that means that like the Browns sneak in or something, mm-hmm. I would prefer that option. But I don't think they're missing the playoffs either. So we still have Cincinnati as the number one contender. Yeah, I probably would. I probably would put them at this point as the team that scares me. The, I don't know about number one contender, but the team that scares me the most in a playoff game would probably be the Bengals. Because Buffalo went and addressed their defensive issues by signing that corner from the Packers today in the trade deadline. But Bill Cincy, Sunday night football, so it should be good when you're waking up from your long nap from going after it in the morning. This might be the most hammered I've ever been at 11 a.m. this week. No show. Going to be a good boy on Saturday night. Going to go to bed, wake up in the morning, have a bunch of people over, do the old Blackstone breakfast, mimosas, brews. And then the rest of the day, you get you get good games. There's a juicy battle at noon, Seattle and Baltimore is a juicy battle. That defense for Seattle is sneakily good. Geno Smith is still playing with sort of that gigantic chip on his shoulder. Um, Lockett, Metcalf, you know, JSN, Kenny Walker. And the Ravens get to try to put up another big game in a third straight week. Right, because they beat the bricks out of Detroit, 38-6. to six. Lamar has a great game, goes for 357, three touchdowns, and then repeats this week as they put up good numbers against Arizona. It was a battle, but they won. Arizona's shown all year against teams that they can battle. They can, they can hang with you. They're not going to win the game, but they'll hang with you. And that game's at noon, Seattle-Baltimore. Another big game. You root, obviously, for Seattle as a Kansas City fan of the city because then that separates the gap again. So there are, there are layers upon layers in this week, and obviously the one that starts off the day is Miami, Kansas City, and Germany. That kind of sets this whole 
what could be a domino effect of a Sunday. When we say things can shift so quickly in the NFL, we know that because of how, you know, light the schedule is when it comes to number of games. It's not baseball where you can lose six in a row and then all of a sudden you go on an 11-game win streak and you've netted five wins and you've moved up three spots in the standings. Cincinnati is showing you what it takes to start off slow and have to get back out of it week after week, right? They're the same team they've had. They're just getting healthier, but they're having to battle through this hole that they've dug themselves in just to get back into the playoff picture, which they're currently not in. And if Baltimore can lose against the Seattle Seahawks and the Chiefs can somehow find a win in Frankfurt against Miami, then you get set up for the night game, which is Sunday Night Football, Buffalo, Cincinnati. You get to finally get back into that rhythm that we do every single year, right? Where it's like you play your game, handle business, then you sit back and you, you, you watch others try to continue to stay at pace. And I've always said that the analogy that I give this is that you don't want to be the car in the fast lane where somebody's on your tail. You want to get around it all, clear separation, put it in cruise control in the second to left lane and just go 75 and have no headlights in your presence. You don't want the guy that's going 89 when you're going 80 and you're like, all right, I'll get over, right? You don't want anybody to be that team. Right now, Miami, Baltimore are the only two that are doing that right now that are riding your ass in the fast lane. Seattle wins. They get over. Miami loses to you in Germany. They get over or they take an exit and they got to find a different route to get to their destination. And then Cincinnati and Buffalo beat the hell out of each other. We'll see how that game plays out. I'm excited. Sunday night football. Chiefs Dolphins at 830. Seattle, Baltimore at 12. There is an NFC game that's pretty tight too. That's Philly versus Dallas. That's a 325 game. And then Bill Cincy Sunday Night Football to wrap up what is a rather large slate for a playoff picture in week nine. Like I've said the last three weeks, the regular season starts now. The season that is of importance starts now. And football doesn't really start to matter until December. Why? Because week eight, the season starts, or week nine, somewhere in that area, the season really starts. Injuries have happened by then. Teams have figured out who they are. And you start to polish your team to what it needs to be. You play Miami, Seattle, and Baltimore. You let Baltimore drop that game and contain what is momentum going forward to the AFC's number one seed. Let Buffalo and Cincy battle it out. One of those teams has to lose. I guess they could technically tie. But more likely than not, one of those teams has to lose, which then again keeps that separation going for the Kansas City Chiefs. But a great Sunday of football. Sunday afternoon, any chance you're you're sneaking on that second screen, Sporting KC St. Louis at 4 o'clock? No? No. Okay. Playoff game, big game. Is it a rivalry yet? It's a, it's, it's a rivalry, for sure. Okay. Some bad blood in the Twitter sphere, for sure. Just wanted to bring it up. Just Didn't they already play in St. Louis? Yes, yeah, so it's a. This is the playoffs. Is so it aggregate? A, it's a three-game series. An aggregate scoring? No aggregate scoring. Really? Just That's a win lame. loss. What was the score last time they played? It's four-one. Too bad it can't be aggregate. Too bad it can't be aggregate. You could lose. Correct. You could lose two-nil. Yeah, that's how it works. Obviously, yeah. Good Not job, anymore. Dusty. No aggregate. That's that's just an MLS thing. 
It's a new rule this year where they're going to like a three-game series, like a baseball or a basketball. And St. Louis FC is pretty good, right? So they're the number one seed in the Western mm. Conference. So the Sporting KC is not very good this year. It's the do eighth you, seed, but they can knock them out. Do you think there's anyone that, that gets up for the Chiefs game and then drives to, is it Children's it, Mercy? Yeah, yeah. And drives to Children's Mercy to go watch the game? Dude, for sure. Okay. Tons of people are going to do that. It's I'm gonna per- be, perfect I'm, timing. I'm going to be mimosa out. I don't know if everybody's getting after it quite like you are. Mm. Eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, it'll be before that. I just wanted to bring it up. No, that's fine. You're a big soccer guy. All right. Shannon Sharp said something of note. We played it last night on Monday night's show after the reaction to the loss of the Denver Broncos. I think he has a few good points. Um, And I think there is a little bit reason of concern, but then you hear what Patrick Mahomes said at the end of the game and, uh, well, it all starts to feel good again. Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. He was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fooks. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein. Tell Warren. Now we're starting to fit the vibe. This song is just perfect all the way from start to finish. His hair was perfect. Got to be one of the best opening lines of any song ever. Yeah. I saw a werewolf walking through a Soho in the rain. Isn't that what it is? Or... I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his Yeah, hand. walking through Soho. Better not let him in. I like this guy. Warren's a cool guy. Yeah, he, Warren's uh, Yvonne. He, he gets down, man. What's the best Halloween song? You can call this a Halloween song. It's kind of got to be Monster Mash, right? I don't know. After watching that video, how that guy's <laughs> facial like expressions video. were just... Do yourself a favor and watch the video of the guy that sings Monster Mash live. You would not let him babysit your children. That is a fact. You would not have that guy be what Kim Kardashian needs... A.K. a Manny. Did you hear that story? We talked about this uh, a while back, but she said she wants a Manny to take care of her kids while she can't. Like, take them to sporting events and all that, because Kanye doesn't do it. Yeah. That does not shock me. I know, man. Kim Kardashian, underwear sponsor of the NBA. Yeah. Good for her. Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London, 1978. I love that. They put the year in there. Because music doesn't really have an age. Have you, how many times in your life have you been listening to a song and someone's like, you're too young to know that? And you're like, what? I can't listen to Jimi Hendrix because I'm 36? I think like everything after the Beatles, yeah. all that music is kind of like timeless. Yeah. Like you can listen to it whenever. It'll all live on forever now with Spotify too. Yeah. Somebody says, yo, this is DoorDash guy from months ago. Got a $50 bet with Alex for the Dolphins to win. I hope he takes my money. Mm, same. Me and D turning that 8 a.m. mimosa switch on. I don't know what it is, man. I just need three-fourths of sparkling and a little dash of orange juice just to make it look like I'm not a, you know, functioning alcoholic. Oh, his drink's got some sort of color in there. It's not just champagne. 
Also, I'm not rich enough to have champagne be my mimosa, just sparkling white wine. I don't need it to be special. I'm not, not getting bottles of Clico or Ace of Spades, you know, for an 8 a.m. Chiefs party. That just ain't happening. Also, hopefully the weather is not like it is tonight. So shout out to all the parents that are taking their kids trick-or-treating tonight. It is cold, man. What do you think's the – if you're a parent and your kid needs to be monitored, right? You can't just like – they're not 9 or 10. Maybe that's still too young. I don't know. I don't have, I don't have children. But like what's the time if you're out? Like is it just – is it up and down the street, one side, the other side? All right, let's go inside. You got plenty of candy. You're only, you know, six. Or do you do you go a couple of streets? I think you kind of put a time limit on it, right? You get an hour. I'm with you for an hour, 90 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can do in an hour. Yeah. I mean, it is cold, man. Like, it is it is brutal. Like, at least Summit right now, it's 36, and I know that wind is howling. The other thing that's cool about um, trick-or-treating, I guess, nowadays is some neighborhoods, uh, they have, like, the golf cart crews. So they'll just drop, they'll go to a corner. Somebody's got a fire pit and they're drinking, you know, alcohol. And it's, hey, here's the thing. Like, we got, you know, we got shooters. We got beers. We got whatever. Stay warm. Because I found that out um, with my buddy's neighborhood. They're like, yeah, we just go as drunk parents every year. And I was like, drunk parents? How you? They're like, oh, it made sense. But, yeah. Somebody says, we have a fire pit in our driveway. Absolutely. Like, let the kids all, like, let, like that's the best way to do it is let your house be the final stop. Like, if you're in that cul-de-sac and you have that one house that's in, like, the wedge of the cul-de-sac, you just put that fire pit out there. Hey, we're going to go over to Frank and Mary's house. Uh, that's where we end it. That's, you know, this is the end point. And then you get to have your little can-crafted cocktail. Like, if you gave all the parents a cut water margarita, they'd warm up fast. You ever had one of those things? <whistles> you're going to need some November 18th in Lawrence. I know you're ready for that matchup. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I don't know if I'm excited for it, but I'm ready for it. 21 and 23 as the college football playoff poll came out tonight. KU 21, K-State 23, Mizzou 12. I don't know if I'm going to the game, mm-hmm. but I'll be in Lawrence. Okay. Do you agree Might or disagree with those uh, with those students last week that left the stands to go to the uh, – um, to go to the bar instead of stay out there in the game? I think that it's kind of a call it as you see it situation. Yeah. You can leave. You're allowed to leave. I'm not going to be. I would have left. I'm not going to begrudge you for leaving. Two reasons I'd have left. Um, lightning, metal bleachers, right? That would get me to go already. Two, very persuasive. Well, we can get to the Hawk right now and just get hammered and watch the game inside where it's warm. I was about to say, 21-year-old tw- <laughs> Dusty, as soon as they put that, oh, yeah. hey, evacuate the stands thing on the, you're like, I'm gone. Yeah. But you can't be oh, like, yeah. but then you may regret that for the rest of your life. No, nah, like, I'd I make my way to Potter's Lake. Okay. It ain't that far of a walk. Okay. But I can tell you one thing. The game is delayed due to a lightning delay. You're okay? gone. We're in a metal bleachers. Not into this. Love football and love getting rowdy, not getting into this. But, yeah, tonight, KU is uh, ranked 21st, K-State 23rd, Mizzou 12th. I was asking this question the other night. Is this the greatest college football has ever been in our lifetime from a whole standpoint? And then we can go – we can dissect even more and go to a local aspect. Don't worry, I will play the the Shannon Sharp audio coming up in a little bit. We just went a little long in that last segment. I want to get to this stuff. 
uh, a little bit. But do you think that college football is at its most elite now? Obviously, because of many reasons, transfers and NIL deals. I mean, I think just on the simple basis of like how sports are, most sports mm-hmm. are like the best they've ever been. But I think minus the, baseball. Yeah, well. But I think that the transfer portal has helped the competitiveness of college football like pretty significantly. Yeah. I don't know about NIL so much, but the transfer transfer portal has been huge for like there being a really vibrant like middle class of teams. Right. Uh, in the Power 5 at least. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could be like a third stringer like Alabama, third stringer right. in, in an SEC school, a really good school, and you're like, they're still signing five stars behind me. Like, I may not play here ever. Used to be like a whole pain in the ass to have to transfer. Yeah. Now you get a free shot. You're like, yeah, I could sit here and play some snaps my senior year, or I could go to Iowa State, or I could go to Colorado or someplace, and you can be the man from, from day one. Yeah, because I think that's what's going to happen next year to Colorado. Because I think Dion's going to go get a bunch of linemen, offensive yeah, and defensive, he and he's just going to go pick apart the college portal. Be like, hey, just come here. My son's staying. My other son's staying. Um, everybody's coming back. All we need is like three guys on the offensive line, two guards and a tackle. And then defensively, I'll just go recruit kids and I'll just bring kids in. I mean, you could be a third stringer at Florida State your whole Correct. career. Or you could go to... Arizona, you could start right away, kick ass, right? Get drafted, like that stuff matters. Yeah. Um, locally, this is the best I don't I think I've ever seen it because I was trying to think. Was I was talking to Binkley on Sunday? Was the Ron Prince era when KU and Mizzou were like one and two? Was that Ron Prince's era? Yeah, it was right at the tail end of Ron so Prince. So K State was K State was pretty irrelevant, right? But, but not their finest hour. But Mizzou and Kansas were like at one point one and two, playing an arrowhead, played again the next year. Snow game was awesome. So from that aspect, it was great. But this is like a trifecta. Like that KUK State game is gonna be electric. And if both of those teams would have just beaten Oklahoma State, you're looking at a potential like Big 12 top like, 15 matchup. Right. Yeah. And then Mizzou, right? Like they have a huge win against K-State. They kick a 61-yard field goal, whatever. Big win at home non-divisional opponent, and then you continue to take care of business. You go into your bye, and now you get Georgia, right? Like, you get you you get the best in your division. You get the best in the SEC, the best in the SEC East, and how competitive can you be? And KU, I believe, plays at Iowa State. K-State is... In Austin. Austin. So in that's Austin. a big game for K-State. Huge game. They can win it. Like, that's where we're at right now, for right? Sure. Like, Texas is good. But this isn't one of those years where, like, it's Missouri and everybody else is just trying to get into a bowl game. Everybody's bowl eligible. K-State's bowl eligible. Kansas bowl eligible. Missouri's bowl eligible. And not only that, but all three of these teams are playing for a significant bowl. Like, a, a, a pretty legit, like, we're not talking about the Liberty Bowl here. Yeah, they could all absolutely be in New York Six Bowls. Yeah. I mean, pretty easily. Right. Pretty easily. And we're talking Kansas, Missouri, K-State. And the reason that we're doing this is because of transfer portals and coaches getting less, or I guess getting quicker turnarounds than in the old days where it's like, oh, new coach comes into school, recruits a great class. It's going to be two or three years until that class is all in the same field at the same time. And all these kids have to blossom because, in fact, they're not promised if they can go anywhere else. Now, it doesn't work out at Texas. 
but you played against K-State. You got a buddy that goes to K-State, and they're like, hey, man, this climbing guy, he gets it. Like, he gets it. It's cool. We have this, the town, whatever. All right, I'll come over there and play. Buddy plays. Another guy comes. You start playing at a more competitive level. College football's never been better in my lifetime than right now. Well, both the Kansas schools, K-State has multiple starters on offense and Mm -hmm. defense from the transfer portal. KU gets this good this quickly because Lance Leipold uses the transfer portal effectively. I'm not sure about Missouri's roster. They're doing a great job recruiting. Yeah. I mean, they have a top 10 or they have a top, what, five wide receiver. But NIL is helping that program a ton with guys like Luther Burden and the legislative system over there. And they also have the kids that if they are in Missouri schools and decide to go to Missouri, like the kid at least some at North, that's a defensive pass rusher, he can get NIL deals right now. As a high school student, I'm sure you can make NIL deals if you're committed, I believe, to a Missouri school. Correct. Yeah. Which, I mean, how great would your lunch tray look if you had an NIL deal and you're a senior in high school? Also, like, why wouldn't you just commit and then... Decommit at the end of the season. (laughs) Decommit later? Get paid. Florida State, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish, and nobody wants to talk about realignment, but it does kind of stink that Missouri's not in the same conference. We're yeah. not going to get a chance to see Missouri KU. Less than a bowl game. Yeah, it's true. Get Drinkwitz on the phone. Mm. We wanted to play him. We just we didn't oh. have the opportunity. Sure you did. Yeah. Sure you did. He looks a little greasy to me. Dude, yeah. Yeah. To say the least. He's the kind of guy that when he plays poker with his buddies, he's got one friend that gives him like the – Quick head shake of like fold, and he's like, "I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fold these aces." I mean, if you're playing golf with him, you gotta watch him. Yeah, he's Judge Mills. He's dropping a lot of balls. Yeah, yeah. Or he's, you know, yeah, he's Arik Goldfinger. Right? He's like, "Oh, I found it over here." Yeah, I thought you were playing a Slaginger Seven. Oh, I was. Oh, that's weird. I have a Slaginger Seven right here. Huh? Yeah, you're nullified. Uh, my friend who lives out in Raymore is doing trick or treating with six kids: her three kids, one niece, and two great nieces. Praise God. That is tough. Tough task. Dusty, you got to go to the screwdriver route over Mimosa route for Sunday. I don't drink vodka. No real reason. I just don't drink vodka. I tend to stay away from it. I drink gin, dirty martinis, gin and tonics if I don't drink bourbon or beer. Outside of that, I'm not really drinking much else. On the other side, I promised I teased it that I'd get to Shannon Sharp's reactions. Um, We'll get into what he said and why I think there's a little bit of time to fix what his narrative is, but I do kind of agree with some of it. For Grant Nicholson, I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. People disguise themselves for doing bad things just to be called out at the end. That is like the main message of the show. Nobody really wears masks to commit crimes, really. Yeah. I mean, the last mask I wore was COVID. Now just so I didn't breathe on people. I don't know if Scooby-Doo was before my time or right at it. I guess Chiefs of Holic, he wears a mask. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out well. No. What is that movie, The Incredibles? No capes. Capes always lead to bad things. Masks always lead to bad things. Don't wear a mask. It's not good. 
we're talking about like, you know, I'm not talking about for like health reasons. I'm just saying like in general. I also didn't know that the Michael Myers mask is just William Shatner with the eyes cut out, the hair dyed, and the face painted white. So Michael Myers is just wearing a William Shatner face. I will say any heist movie where people are wearing masks, mm-hmm. usually a good movie. The town, they're all the nuns. Greatest scene in that movie was when they're all like coming out with like the loaded guns and the cop like sees him and he just turns his head. 100,000% probably doing the same thing. The Dark Knight? Yep. Point Break? Mm-hmm. Baby Driver? Do they wear masks in Baby Driver? What's I think the one they do. where they wear the president's mask? Is that also the that's town? That's Point Break. Point Break. The Nixon. The dead the, presidents. Yeah, dead yeah. presidents. That, that, that's a good movie. Swayze. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Swayze, man. That man made me want to get into pottery. Straight up. Like, when I saw that scene in Ghost with, like, him and Demi Moore, and they were just so passionate and affectionate, like, just literally with pottery, like, I was like, one day, this is on my bucket list for sex. Like, that's how I want to start the night off. I don't even know how I would even, like, make a bowl or, like, a, you know, pot or whatever they're making, but that scene alone, I was just like, man, he nailed it. And that's not something you would think that you would get in the mood with. Clay all over your hands, and then they just went after it. It's like in Lethal Weapon 3, they started showing, like, scars on their body, and they just ended up naked on the floor. Mel Gibson, Rene Russo. Isn't Swayze actually a ghost in that movie, too? Mm -hmm. So she's getting it on with the ghost? No, this is before, I think, the ghost. I never saw the movie. Yeah. No, I think this is after after Carl Lee Ray uh, kills him. Ghost is a good movie. Would that be a Halloween movie? I think anything that involves a ghost heavily has got to be on the short list. Yeah. Also, The Mask is a very good movie as well. Jim Carrey. Uh, just a little side nugget. Favorites in international games are 31-10-1 and um, straight up and 27-15 and against the spread per at Bet Labs. Want to take a wild guess who's favored in this Chiefs-Dolphins game? Chiefs? That's correct. Two and a half? It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp had some comments to say about the offense on ESPN on Monday. But this is something. This is absolutely something. Because Patrick Mahomes is starting to turn the ball over with greater regularity. Because he's starting to press. And what you see, as you mentioned those guys, you mentioned Sky Moore. Cute name, but hasn't, hasn't gotten any better <laughs> since his rookie year. You see Rasheed Rice. He sometimes, sometimes he'll catch it, sometimes he won't. Marquise MBS, we know what he's going to get. He'll have a big game, catch a touchdown. The next thing you know, he'll drop a couple and he'll fumble. The only consistent weapon that they have is, is Travis Kelsey. But give the defense credit. And we saw this coming. We saw this the other when they played three weeks ago. They yeah. only gave up 19 on the road. But for that defense to do what they did, to take the ball away, keep him out of the end zone, it's the first time that he failed to throw a touchdown in almost two years. A team that was 31st in points allowed, 32nd in yards allowed, did that. Patrick Mahomes had never, ever lost a game to a division road opponent. He had won, he beat the Broncos 16 straight times, and they did that. So absolutely, Andy Reid should be concerned. And I'm going to say something else. Now, if you're going to give Andy Reid all this credit or you're going to say Eric Bieniemy had no so – who calling the plays now? That's right. Is this Nagy That's or right. is, this, is, is, is this Andy Reid? Right. I just need to know because we didn't have these problems last year. 
when EB was there. Right. But you didn't want to give EB credit and say he called plays. So I just need to know who's calling these plays right now as we speak because those receivers aren't much different than what they were last year. Kadarius Toney hasn't improved. Explains now a little bit now why the Giants were so willing to move on a first-round yeah. pick. Nicole Harmon and the way he played, it explains why he couldn't get on the field with the Jets. I just need to know, D.O., you know, you put your feet at 10, you put your heels at 10-yard line. Why are you trying to field a punt on the five-yard line? Because you're trying to play hero football. Hero football, hero football gets you beat. This is a large, large concern because offensively, the Chiefs are not who we've grown accustomed to seeing. And I think that's where he hits the nail on the head. I think that's the, that's the thing. Um, by the way, Texas up 5-0 on Arizona in game four. They lead 2-1 of the World Series. That's all the baseball talk you get. Sorry. Um, but I think that is the question, is that you're not used to seeing this Chiefs offense look for somebody to be the other guy to Travis Kelsey. Right? You had... Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and now you, who's the guy? And I think that's where, you know, the context of this conversation can be made. Because I understand his whole philosophy, and we're always going to have this sort of debate, no matter who the office coordinator is, when it comes to calling plays. Is it Andy? Is it office coordinator? Fill in the blank. That's something that's just going to, it's just going to be that way till the end of time. Because of who Andy Reid is and what we all really truly know. But the thing is that you don't have this question every year. And this is the first year. And this was the question that this, that this fan base and a lot of guys that do the same thing that I do had on the airways. You know? Where is the spark? Where is that guy? Where's the one that finally says, you know what? Enough of this talk. Enough of this slander. I'm going to step up. I'm going to be that guy. The quarterback can find me. I've just got to make sure I can find him. And I get it. The tape was out or the, the still shot was out of what Denver allegedly figured out, which was double team Kelsey spy Mahomes and then sit back in zone and make Patrick Mahomes find somebody. The other thing is that this receiving room is, is fairly young outside of Watson and MBS where she rice is a rookie sky Moore's on his second year. Canarius, Tony, not a huge slate of games. But to kind of numb the pain that is around this agonizing question is you do have Patrick Mahomes, you do have Andy Reid, and you do have guys that know how to tinker with things and scheme things to where they can make below average guys above average, right? McCole Hardman's already had more action on this team than he had in New York. Is that a McCole Hardman deal or is that a Patrick Mahomes plus? More than likely, it's the number two. Justin Watson... Other guys like that may not thrive in other offenses. Now, Watson came from Tom Brady, who he was decent with, but again, it's Tom Brady. You put Justin Watson with a guy like Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson or a Mac Jones, probably not the same. Juju Smith-Schuster clearly been hurt all year, got a touchdown this week. We'll see how his relationship blossoms with Mac Jones. But again, it is a question of, you know, rare air. This offense doesn't look the same, but then you look at the numbers and you kind of debunk that. Second in passing yards, second in total yards, top 10 in points, DVOA, top five in every single statistical category that matters, offense, defense, special teams. Five, four, five when it comes to offense, defense, special teams. So, yes, there are questions on the offense, but also you have to remember this is the year where they have the defense. 
Sticking with the Halloween vibe, we will get into the out of left field question in about 14 minutes. But when we come back, we have something that is kind of a juicy matchup with the Miami Dolphins. I'll think of something that is tricky, something that is sweet, and something that is scary when it comes to all aspects of the field on this Halloween night of vision of After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hours Halloween night. Somebody just randomly texted in Star Trek, best show of all time. Disagree. That's fine though. We can all have our own opinions. But I don't think it's the greatest show of all time. I think Breaking Bad is miles ahead of it. 5 0 Texas over Arizona in the top of the second. So. A lot of football left, or baseball left, but again, uh, not looking great for the Diamondbacks. I did see a great Halloween costume. I'm sure you saw it as well. My top two so far uh, this year of costumes I've never seen before. The little kid is runner-up as Mike McDaniel. Did you see that? The little kid had, like, the gold watch, the perfect little sweatsuit on, (laughs) glasses and slick back hair. That was really, really good. Um but the number one costume that I saw was uh, Randy Johnson and the Pigeon. Did you see that? I saw that one. That yeah. one was good. That one was really good. Yeah. It, I think it was the wrong uniform, but either way, you get it. Yeah, but the throwback D-backs uniform is pretty sick. Yeah. And he looked just like Randy Johnson. And it's hard to look that ugly. Plus, the guy was tall. Randy yeah. Johnson's a tall guy. And how great is that where you're like... You know, you're sitting down with your lady and you're like, I got a perfect idea for a Halloween costume. She's she's, like, yeah, I'll dress up as a bloody bird. Yeah. What do you have to 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 wear? Just like a white dress and like a boa and then just like splatter blood all over you. And I'm going to wear baseball pants, a jersey and uh, go get a mullet and grow out my mustache and just be the big unit. That's a weird role play. Unit and the parrot and the and the and the bird. Did you guys get it on last night? For sure. I murdered that bird. Um, That is one of the greatest videos I've ever seen in my entire life, though. It's Randy Johnson just absolutely pelting a pigeon. We'll never see that again. I've seen videos of guys hitting golf shots that have hit, like, birds or seagulls with, like, a drive, and that thing just, like, falls straight down. But, man, just a a left-handed 99-mile-an-hour heater and just obliterates a bird. Uh, You are listening After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Dustin Likens with you, Grant Nicholson with you as well. We'll get into the out-of-left-field question on the other side, obviously Halloween-themed. Uh, So we'll get your responses to it, 913-586-7610. But sticking with the Halloween theme, this matchup with the Miami Dolphins will do a tricky matchup, a sweet matchup, and a scary matchup. Um, We can start with the sweet matchup. For me, that is this defense first, that offense. Right? That's got to be the sweetness of this matchup going into a game on a Tuesday night. Right, Yeah, I get it's Halloween, but this game played at Sunday at 8.30 is going to sneak up on you quicker than you think. 
And the sweet matchup that you have is your defense versus that offense because they played the Philadelphia Eagles, who we know have a decent defense, pretty good. We'd say top five, top 10 at least. And Philadelphia held this Miami Dolphins team that scores 33 points a game to 35 points a game to 17, and they lost. The last time the Miami Dolphins played a team that had a defense outside of Philadelphia was Buffalo. And Buffalo held them to 20, and Miami lost. The Kansas City Chiefs carry in the number five defense, according to DVOA, statistical analysis website and all those analytics that you hate. But they have the fifth-ranked defense in the league. They give it the second least amount of points per game with 15, and Miami scores the best. So that, to me, is the sweet matchup. The scary matchup in this Miami Chiefs matchup is their running backs versus this linebacking core that is severely injured. Willie Gay with a tailbone will obviously know more when the injury report comes out on Wednesday, tomorrow. And Nick Bolton being out, obviously, with the wrist injury and the surgery. And then Drew Tranquil, who was beat up kind of in that game against Denver. Look, man, Miami uses their running backs. Now, there's no A-chain in this matchup because it'll be his final week on the IR and then he'll be back. So, luckily, you missed that young cat who's been a stud at running back as a rookie. But there's still Raheem Mostert and there's still Jeff Wilson Jr. And those guys against that linebacking core that might be a little bit inexperienced, a little young, needing to step up in a big way, guys like Leo Chanel, guys like Drew Tranquil, that's going to be important. And that's a scary matchup on paper. Because the way that Miami uses their running backs, you fantasy players, you know, if you had a chain, you had Raheem Mostert, you know, those guys can play. They can break out. They can catch. They can just be the perfect kind of scat back. And they're really good when they're trying to disguise what is the outside of Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill. The tricky matchup to me is what we just mentioned. Those two cornerbacks versus those two wide receivers. Because Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill might be the best duo wide receiver in the league. And I get it. There's A.J. Brown and, Devon- and Devonta Smith. There's T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. If Justin Jefferson was healthy, you'd have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. But it's tricky because this cornerback duo doesn't really give up a lot of yards to A1 wide receivers. Keenan Allen at 55, Justin Jefferson at 28. I get it. He was hurt, but not for most of the game. And now you have a tricky matchup where it's Legereus Sneed who's normally on your big-bodied wide receivers. Does Tyree Kill draw McDuffie, or does he draw Legereus Sneed more? And you got to think Legereus Sneed's going to be a tad bit hungry because he might have had his worst professional game of his career this past Sunday. So your scary matchup on a Halloween night, those linebackers versus those running backs in Miami. Your sweet matchup, that defense against that offense because it favors the defense. And your tricky matchup, Those two cornerbacks that seem to be very, very good against those two wide receivers that can be very, very good. It's tricky to see who's going to win that matchup. Coming up with the out of left field question, I give you the question before we go to break. 913-586-7610. If you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die and why? That's the out of left field question. 913-586-7610. If you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die and why? You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.